So this morning, this month, we're going to talk about Affirmation August. Affirmation is a statement, a proclamation, a declaration that's spoken over you. Affirmations are fantastic. They are good affirmations and there are sometimes, unfortunately, negative affirmations. They're words that are spoken over you. But in the good affirmations, God spoke and the entire, God said, let there be light and there was light. God said, let the earth and the sea, let the waters gather together and let dry ground appear and it happened. God spoke everything into existence. In fact, in Romans 4, 17, it says that God calls those things that are not as though they are. So he speaks and his life power is still exercised through his vocal cords, if you want to say it like that. The life power is still exercised through his word. And I want to say to you this morning, when it comes to affirmations, there is life in your words. In fact, Proverbs says the power of life and death is in your tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So I want to talk to you this morning about the words that we speak, and we're going to lay a foundation this morning, and we're going to go from there. Is everyone ready? All right, so as we grow up, as we grow up from being very, very young, we are... We like to hear stories, we like to hear words, or stories and words are spoken over us. Sometimes those words and stories are good, sometimes those words and stories aren't so good. So we're going to poll the people this morning and we're going to say, you know, I want you to think specifically, what are some of the words that have been spoken over you while you were growing up that are not so good? And Sam, I need you to come here. There's still a ring, so we're adjusting that. Sam, can you come to here so that you're on the camera? And we're going we're to just call them out. What are some of the words when you were growing up? What were some of the negative affirmations, the things that were spoken over you that were just pretty ordinary, pretty horrible? Who can say one? Uh, who can make sure, remember, it's Gen Sunday, there are kids in the audience, please make sure they're politically correct of some description. So who can say something that they heard when they were growing up that was a label that was placed upon them? Go. Useless. Okay, right. Can someone write down useless? We're going to write that down. And this is how life seems to work sometimes. We, we have a label and it gets put on us. Who's got another word for us? Come on. Lazy. Can someone write down the word lazy? All right. What else have we got? Ugly. Okay, we got write down the word ugly. Uh, what about stupid? Anyone ever been called stupid? Yeah, this I know it's not politically correct, but I want you to write down the word stupid. We aren't putting him on the forehead. <laughs> ugly. Oh, we covered his face. You're not ugly, darling. You're okay. You know. All right. What are, what are some of the other words that you heard when you were growing up? And they're like, these are, this is a problem when we're growing up. People say these words and they're like, oh, they're just words. You know, who's ever heard that saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Anyone ever heard that saying? It's a stupid saying, let's be honest. Because the words that people speak over you and the words you speak are like little labels that get, get stuck onto people. Lazy, stupid, useless, ugly. What else have we got, you know? Sometimes, sometimes it's like, you, you know, sometimes it's just like the, the word isn't just, the word isn't just a word, is it? The word is a, a feeling that gets attached to that word. You know what I mean? Someone calls you stupid, but this word stupid, you know, it's, it, it, the word stupid doesn't, it's the way that word makes you feel when it touches your heart or it touches you. Sometimes when they say lazy, it, it's the way it makes you feel. Who's got another word? Fat. Who's got another word? Come on, what have we got? What? Dirty. Who's got another word? Failure. Who's ever been called a failure? Who's ever felt like a failure? You know, it's not just, sometimes it's not just the words, it's sometimes a look, isn't it? Sometimes people don't have to say anything, they just look at you a certain way. 
And that silence hangs between you for a while, doesn't it? And you fill in the blank, don't you? Has anyone ever experienced what I'm talking about? You know, sometimes that word isn't said. My mum could look at me a certain way and it would bring something to me. I would fill the blank in. And if you're not careful, when you get a bit older, you go along a bit. Somebody else, like your wife, she can just look at me a certain way and I fill in the blank. She doesn't have to say anything. It's amazing. She can look at my shoes that I've left on the floor for the last week. She can look at them and she can look at me. And she can look at my jacket that I've left on the chair for three weeks. And she can look at me. And all of a sudden, she, in the silence of those looks, I hear the word, you're lazy. It's a horrible word. I wish my wife wouldn't look at me like that. <laughs> what about, you know, it, 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 see, again, and the reason I wanted to say this is recently they've actually found amongst mental health professionals, there's a word called, at the moment, called ghosting. Has anyone ever heard of Ghosting. Uh, ghosting is when you refuse to talk. It's when you refuse to have anything to do with them. You won't communicate. You won't talk to them through social media. You won't talk to them through text. You won't communicate to them verbally. It, it's, and anyone ever been ghosted? Like, they actually now say it's a form of psychological torment when you are ghosting someone. Why? Because when they're ghosting you or when you're ghosting someone, you're telling them something. You are putting a label on them. You're speaking something to them. You're saying they're stupid or they're lazy or they're not good enough or they're too quiet or they're too shy or they're, you know, whatever else they might be. And, and so you start to fill these words in and the words themselves don't just matter. It's the language. Tables, it's the feelings that begin to get attached. Anyone got my, you know where I'm going with this? All right. Sometimes it's not just what other people say, is it? It's sometimes what we say about ourselves. Sometimes we hear somebody say something for so long, and then when somebody's not saying it, we still hear that word. It's still played to us. Sometimes we can be older in life and, and we're still hearing the same word. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. So we've got all these different words. And I need, where's your shirt? Okay, can you bring that up, please? And where's your jacket? Is that there too? Can you bring that up, please? Because as life goes on and we grow up a little bit, we move from being children and we begin to get a little bit more mature. Do you know what we like to do? We, we like to go, man, this, you know, this makes me feel terrible and I don't like the way it looks and I don't like the way it feels. So what we do is we begin to just cover this up. Can you just cover, can you put this on? You know, and we begin to just cover up, don't we? We, we want to... We want to present a, a better image, a more polished image. We, we want to cover this up, so I need you to just cover that up. We want, to, we want to go through life and cover up. We develop coping mechanisms, don't we? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? We develop coping mechanisms where we want to present a much better image to the community. You know, you've been saying things to me while I was growing up that I was stupid, that I was fat, that I was ugly, that I was useless, that I was lazy. And these things are not just words, but they make me feel a certain way. And I don't like feeling that way. And so what I want to do now is I want to cover this up and I want to present to the world a better picture. Oh. Where's your jacket? Where's your jacket? Not here. Here's a jacket. Right, thank you so much. You know, every time we do Gen Sunday, we, we have these awesome illustrations in my head that are going to work out so well and, and where we want to present, well, you know, maybe we want to present a, a businessman with a suit and tie or maybe we want to present like a, a bikey. You know, we're tough. There you go. I'm going to adjust my message now, so we're going to move along. Um, or maybe we want to present a, a pair of pants, which I said, can you, 
I said, Sam, you've got this incredible Hugo Boss suit. Like, dude, it was just amazing. You wore it when you got married and it was fantastic. And, and I said, you know, can you make sure you grab your jacket and your shirt so you can put it on because I want to talk about presenting a better image. And, and he put a jacket and shirt. Yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, sometimes in the silence, what you speak to your children, you communicate, and there's a, probably another label there. Just write one and just pop that on. You know. But sometimes those labels that we've worn when we're children, when we're growing up, they stick to us, don't they? And as we grow up, we want to learn a better coping mechanism. We want to present ourselves as, it won't work now. This, this will detract from my illustration. And uh, thank you. We cover those labels and we want to present a, a better image. We want to tell people we're tough. We want to tell people we're successful. We want to buy a cool watch, by the way, I bought a cool, moving on. Uh, or we want to buy ourselves a leather jacket. Or we want to buy ourselves a bigger car or a bigger aeroplane or a bigger boat. Has anyone got an aeroplane, by the way? Dude, because if you got an aeroplane, that would be super cool. That's my next dream. I want to get my pilot's license and an aeroplane, but my wife's not looking like she's keen on that idea, so... It's probably not going to happen. Anyway, we climb the corporate ladder. Has anyone still following me? We climb the corporate ladder. We maybe sometimes, you know, we, we realize that we're not really tough. That was me. I realized I, I actually couldn't really fight my way out of a wet paper bag. So I decided I wasn't going to present the tough guy. And then I kind of looked and I'm like, I'll climb the corporate ladder. And except I realized I wasn't particularly smart either. So I wasn't going to climb the corporate ladder. And so I, I looked and I'm like, you know, anyone else ever done this? And you kind of start, you look, how can I? I don't want to present a, a bad version or all the negativity. I want to present a cool version. I want to present a, a picture of me. I want to project out a, a picture of something that I'm really good at. And, and anyone ever... And so you buy a cool car and, or you buy a cool motorbike or you, you buy a bigger boat and, and you, or everything is often to cover up the labels that you've had put on you. Everything is so often there so that you can present a better picture sometimes than even the way you're feeling because how many people know those labels are still there and it's not the words it's the feelings that those words have communicated over time it's the way those words make you feel that causes the damage and then later on what happens is as you go along in life and you're presenting this really cool image and and you get married for me I'm kidding by the way but as I said you know that that word of being lazy and that feeling that got attached to it is communicated through a silent look. And so when my wife looks at me when I've left a pair of shoes out, I didn't make a mistake, I am the mistake. I am lazy. And all of a sudden then you feel that, don't you? Has anyone ever, you know, you, you, you make a mistake, you say something. Anyone been in a situation, a social situation where they say something and, and, and people laugh a little bit or, or they look at you and you realise you've chosen the wrong word in that particular sentence and they kind of look at you and you feel, you feel stupid, don't you? Has anyone ever felt like that? And, you feel, and no matter how well-dressed you are, no matter what presentation you're putting, the minute you say something and you make a mistake, it, it kind of feels like it hooks into one of those labels that you're still holding on to that were placed on you. Can, can I give you this? When I was <coughs> talking to a young man recently, and I said to him, he was particularly upset about a situation that had transpired, and I'm not going to give you all the details, but I want to say he was particularly upset about a situation that had transpired. 
And I said to him, you know, from my head, I'm thinking, why are you that upset? It's a little bit like when my wife looks at me or she says, can you put your shoes away? And I'm like instantly offended. I'm instantly on the defense and the best form of defense is offense. And so I'm literally, it's a pair of shoes. It's not that big a deal. Why are you making such a big deal out of a pair of shoes? Anyone ever, don't put your hand up if your wife's next to you, it'll get awkward. But, (coughs) and I was talking to this young man. And I said, well, why did that bother you? Why did what they say or what they did, why did that bother you so much? And they're like, oh, because, you know, because I just feel like they take advantage of me. I just feel like, you know, every time they do that, it doesn't matter. They're just always wanting more. And I'm like, okay. So we, we wrote down the word, they're wanting more. And I said, well, why does that bother you? And they're like, because I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. Okay, cool. So taken advantage of. Well, why does that bother you? Well, because I just when, when I, when, because I just don't feel like I'm good enough, you know? Like every time, doesn't matter how much I try and how much I give, I don't feel, and I want you to everyone say feel. feel. I don't feel like I'm good enough. And so we took that moment and I said, well, I want you to hear this this morning. I said, what, what do you mean you don't feel like you're good enough? Where did that come from? I, I still remember it was so clear and it was a beautiful moment that we shared because he looked at me and he said, you know what? When my dad left, I just felt if I had done more, he wouldn't have left. And I'm sitting at my table and I'm literally crying. He's crying. Because it had nothing to do with what had happened over here and everything to do with the way he was feeling and a label that he placed upon himself when he was a child. I talked to someone. Can you hear that this morning? I was talking to someone else not that long ago. These are stories that I'm going to keep their names separate, but it was, it was Ash. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't Ash. But I was talking to someone else, and they were telling me they were really frustrated about a situation. I said, well, why did that bother you? I said, because, you know, there was just, there was no communication. And I said, okay, so why did, the, why did that bother you? Because there should be communication. You know, if you're going to communicate, if you don't communicate, it's just rude. I said, okay, so it's rude. Well, let's, okay, so it was rude. Yeah, it was just rude. I couldn't believe it. You know, they didn't communicate. It was rude. So you know, well, why did them being rude bother you? And, and as we dug, I want you to hear this this morning. As we dug, they went, because when I grew up, this is how my parents treated me. This is the label that they put on me when I grew up. And all of a sudden we recognize it has nothing to do with the presentation of perfection that they're putting forward right now and everything to do with the label that was put on them when they were a child. And the hook makes them like a puppet on the string. And the enemy comes and he's got all these hooks that are in you and he hooks and he just yanks on it and you go along and you're feeling good and you're feeling successful. You've got the motorbike jacket, you've got the $50,000 car and the $500,000 house. If you can get a $500,000 house, you're doing really good. But you know what I mean? You, you know, you've got everything going on, you're presenting this successful and then all of a sudden someone gives you a sideways glance. All of a sudden someone leaves you out of a memo. All of a sudden somebody says something or does something and it hurts because it digs into a feeling it digs into a label and it doesn't matter how cool you look now those labels are still there (coughs) and sometimes sometimes when you hear those words spoken long enough you begin to accept them sometimes you even begin to speak them over yourself in fact can I say this the damage sometimes is that that's how you imagine your heavenly father treats you. That's how you start to imagine God looks at you. God looks at me like I'm lazy or useless or ugly 
or a failure. And so all of a sudden, these words, these affirmations begin to place on you, and they're not just the words, but they're feelings that hook into your life. And you grow, and I've been in ministry long enough to go, I have met 60, 70, 80-year-old people that are still battling words that were put on them many, many years ago. They've covered them over. They're successful in their business endeavors, but they are still battling words and feelings that are hidden deep beneath the surface, deep beneath their presentation and their projection. Even for myself, in the last six months, I realize how many feelings that I've got how my wife can affect me with just looking. And then if you were to dig a little bit, you'd go, well, why is she so upset about a pair of shoes? Because she feels that when I leave my shoes there, it's not just Phil made a mistake, it's Phil's disrespecting me. Phil doesn't care about me. Phil doesn't give a stuff about how I feel. He, and all of a sudden, there's this, this psychology, there's this wordplay that goes on, there's this conversation that transpires in her own mind that digs into her own words and her own feelings. And then she's offended, and I'm offended. How many marriages have you seen? How many friendships have you seen? How many families have been torn apart? Not because of what is said in the moment, but because of the hooks and the words and the feelings that are dug so deep beneath the surface. And we, has anyone got this? Have you got where I'm going with this? My gosh, what's the hope for us? I'm going to invite Matt to come up to the stage. I'm going to get Matt to come and stand over here. See, when Christ came, when Christ came, he came as a man. He was both fully man and fully God. Paul, when he writes to the church in Philippi, he says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Although he was fully God, he made himself of no reproach and no, no, you figure it out, and came as a man. And he came as a man, he came as a man for a purpose. He came as a man so that we could take those feelings and those hurts and those words that have been spoken over us and we could do something with them. What do you do with that now? My son's 21 years old. How does he go back to the past and take out some of the words and the feelings that I spoke over him in my heat of frustration or in my anger or my hurt? How, how, do, how does he do that? You might be 50, 60 years old. What do you do with something that your parent or your mother or your uncle or your teacher or somebody spoke? You don't even see them anymore, but that affirmation, that word has still been upon you. And that feeling still hooked into you. And you don't know what to do with it. And there's nowhere you can take it. You can't go back to them and say, hey, what did you mean when you said this? What do we do with those words? Here's what we do with them. And sometimes I believe it's like this. I'm going to get you to unbutton your shirt so I don't have to rip it. Cause <clears throat> but sometimes it's like this. Sometimes when, when we come to Christ, we come and we take some of the words and some of the feelings and we, we recognize that I've got to give these to Jesus. And he came as a man so that he can fully feel and experience what we felt. He knows what it's like to for people to think you're useless. He knows what it's like for people to think you're too loud or too boisterous or too angry or too this or too that. He knows what that's like. Sometimes he comes and he allows people to come across your path and as they bump up against you, it exposes something else in you, you know? And so he, he knows what that's like and he wants, at the end of the day, he wants you to take those words, those feelings, those negative emotions and sometimes you're gonna have to dig a little bit beneath the surface 
you're going to have to dig a little bit and go, man, you know, that hooked in because my dad, when I didn't do the dishes and he was, he was angry and he was frustrated about what was going on and he said, man, you're so lazy, but that hooked right into me. And I've covered it up, but I've held it for so long and I've always felt like I just don't quite measure up to his extreme expectation. And I don't know what to do with that. And I'm telling you, if you would dig a little bit, if you would take the time and ask the questions, why did that bother me? Why did that bother me? Oh, because my dad, because this is how this made me feel. And you take that feeling and you come over and you say, Jesus, you're the only one who can heal this hurt. And so I want to give this hurt to you. Jesus, they called me lazy. They called me useless. They called me too loud. They said I was ugly. Are you hearing my heart this morning? And he, Jesus comes and he doesn't stand aloof. But he comes close. Comes close. And he begins to search things out. He begins to look under the surface of what you're trying to present. He begins to search things out and he finds those hurts. But sometimes you've got to be willing to let him look into your heart. And he comes and he takes them. And in their place, he begins to put other words. See, the problem is not that the words are bad, but the feelings that attach to them are bad. And Jesus wants to take some of those negative feelings and some of those negative words and take them off you and take them out of your life. And he wants to take them and bear them on the cross and deal with them once and for all. But what he wants to do is, and I want to share these scriptures with you in Romans 5.8, because what we've got to do is start figuring out Whose affirmations we are going to allow to stick to us? Whose words we're going to wear? I want you to put that on him. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ himself died for us. God demonstrates his own love for us. In fact, in fact, I'm actually going to get you to take off your jacket because I, I need you to see this this morning. I'm going to get you to pull off your shirt a little bit. That's the outer one. It's not that sort of a church. Now put that back on. You know, because Jesus doesn't just want to come and, and superficially stick things to you. He wants to get to the very heart of the matter. He wants to let you know you're loved. He wants to let you know you're forgiven. He wants to let you know you're valued. And those affirmations that we have when we're growing up, he wants to let you know you're accepted. We have these affirmations when we're growing up that, that dig into us, don't they? 
They produce feelings and we bury them beneath walls of protection. He wants to let you know you're worthy. You have worth. And Christ comes and if you're willing, if you're willing to do the work, can I say you've got to be willing to open your heart up, not just to show Jesus is superficial. Well, Jesus, I came to church. Jesus, I put the money in the bucket. Jesus, this morning I prayed for 35 minutes. Jesus, would you look into my heart? Jesus, would you find those hurts that I've been trying to hide and would you deal with them? Jesus, can I give you my pain? And would you, God, let me be heard? John 1 1 says to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. See, he wants to say to you this morning you're not ugly, you're not useless, you're not lazy, you're not a sinner, you're not a mistake, you're not an accident. He wants to take those words, those feelings, those hurts. He wants to carry those to the cross, but he wants to replace them. He wants to let you know what his word over you is. He wants to let you know that he hears you and he loves you and he forgives you and he accepts you and you belong. And he gives you gifts, you're gifted. You're wanted, you're chosen. I want to just finish this morning. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Just play quietly. I just want you to take a moment to ponder the message, to ask yourself the question, what are the, what are the words that were spoken over you when you were growing up? Maybe to our younger people, what are the words that you speak over yourself? Even anyone ever tried to join a group and been rejected from the group? They didn't have to say anything, they just didn't include you and all of a sudden you put words on yourself, don't you? And those words produce a feeling and those feelings you carry on through your life and all of a sudden you find yourself a 50-year-old man and I spoke to this gentleman one time who was a an accountant, he had a beautiful wife, he had a great family. And he said, Phil, you know, sometimes I go to the parties and as I walk into the party, I stand there and I look at the different groups in a party. And he said, I look at that group and I think, oh, I should go and, I'll go and talk to them. And he said, and then I sort of do this, no, they probably don't want to hear what I've got to say. And I look at this group and I think, oh, maybe I'll, I'll go and introduce myself to them. And, and oh, they probably don't want to hear what I've got to say. And, and all of a sudden he said, I find myself there thinking, well, no one really wants me. No one really wants to include me. No, one, no one's really interested in me. No one cares about me. And so I just sort of slowly recede and back out of that conversation. And I was shocked. I was stunned. I was, I'm 
I'm sitting there and I'm seeing the projection of a man in his 50s who's a successful businessman. He owns an accounting practice. He has children. He has a wife. He has everything going for him. But the labels that he put on himself when he was younger had never been taken off. I want to ask you this morning, what are the labels that are still affecting your behavior today? What are the feelings that are still affecting your behavior today, your responses today? And and here's a funny thing, you know, I spent 30 years of my life trying to get my wife to not look at me a certain way, to not be angry if I didn't move my shoes. You know, it's only just recently that I realized the only reason I wanted her to change was because there was a feeling and a hook inside me that needed to be dealt with. And you can spend all your life trying to get everybody, oh, I didn't like the way Tiffany looked at me and I didn't like the way Karen looked at me and and Caleb, I went to speak to him, but he was busy doing something else so he doesn't care about me either. And you can spend all your life trying to make everybody else change so you can feel better or you can take a little bit of time, dig a little deeper and go, God, what are the hurts and the pains and the labels and the feelings that have been placed on me that I really need to give to you? He is the only one who can heal your hurts. He's the only one who can heal your hurts. So I'm going to ask you this morning, will they come and sing, will they minister? Can we take a moment, say, God, what are the hurts in my heart, in my life that I need to give to you? Can we take a moment and say, Jesus, would you speak your words of life Would you speak your affirmations over me? Jesus, would you let me know? In fact, I'm going to leave Sam standing there. I'm going to get everyone else up, but I'm going to leave Sam to stand there. I want you to just meditate on those words. Loved, forgiven, accepted, worthy, valued, heard. And as they sing this morning, I just want you to maybe make an exchange, take off an old label and put on a new one. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.